Almost 80 years ago, not long after the beginning of his third term as U.S. President, Franklin Delano Roosevelt delivered a speech called The Four Freedoms. Freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, freedom from fear. Freedoms that he proposed that people everywhere in the world should enjoy. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was one of the world's great proponents of democracy, and he was born on the inspirational 11th day of this Akbal Tresina. I'll return to him after I welcome you to episode 18 of Navigating the Energies of Life, a podcast that looks at how the energies of the Maya calendar are at work in the world and how they apply to daily lives. This is Marguerite Paquin continuing with this podcast to accompany my horoscope blog that tracks the days of this calendar. As I record this, we are now into the fourth day of a time frame that can often turn out to be quite revelatory, sometimes a little frightening because hidden secrets are often revealed during this period, but ultimately hopeful since the revealing of those secrets can lead towards healing. Before I jump into all this, let's just have a quick look at key events of the last Tresina. That was the Oak Tresina, as you may recall, which began with the traditional Mesoamerican Day of Renewal, oriented around the idea of guidance, justice, and the restoration of life. The Tresina as a whole was under the influence of a deity called Jipi Totec, the Lord of Renewal, and Quetzalcoatl, Lord of Life. So during that time frame, the emphasis was on guidance and on the planting of seeds for change and justice, laying the groundwork for renewal. And that's exactly what happened. Former Vice President Joe Biden won the U.S. presidential election with over 77 million popular votes, the most votes for anyone ever to run for the U.S. presidency, with more still being counted. But we had to wait patiently to see the votes add up over several days. Nevertheless, there was a huge sense of relief when it became clear that Joe was winning, and the celebrations in cities around the world reflected how badly the world as a whole wants to see the deranged tyrant ushered out of the White House so that some sense of normalcy and decency and leadership can return. As it happened, several states all flipped in Joe Biden's favor on 8 Caban, three days after the election, which marked precisely 84 Zulkan cycles, 84 times 260 days, after the inauguration of President John F. Kennedy in 1961. So the timing was interesting. 
And now we're into this Nutricinum, and it has its work cut out for it. So let's begin by looking at the nature of this time frame and its patron energy. This is a very earth-oriented time period that was seen traditionally as being oriented around darkness, deep mysteries, and challenges associated with ethics and morality. It was all about earth traumas and even rooting out things that might have previously been hidden, such as deep, dark secrets, or even sometimes tangible things. During this period, you might suddenly find things that have been long lost, for example. So that can be fun. <clears throat> but often the emphasis is on things such as morality and ethics. And thus, the traditional overseer of this period was seen as a female deity called Itzpapalotl, or Obsidian Butterfly who sometimes appears as a seductress, but more often is shown as a somewhat strange-looking skeletal being with obsidian knife-tipped wings. She was seen as a fearsome warrior on the search for truth. Given this kind of metaphor, it's not surprising to see some very dark things surface at this time as issues are exposed. This deity, Itzpapalotl, is emblematic of the struggles of the soul as it strives to overcome the trials and tribulations of life and by extension is often emblematic of issues in society that need to be brought forward and addressed so that action can be taken. This is often a period where people take a stand one way or another with regard to big issues. Some may have to really search their souls to overcome old programming. Many may have to deal with the issues associated with truth and justice. Many may have to really look closely at what is feeding their own perspectives of reality. I'm going to bring Roosevelt into this discussion here and there because he really knew how to put things into perspective. FDR once said, now listen carefully, quote, repetition does not transform a lie into a truth, unquote. And that is one of the biggest issues being faced right now. For the past four years, the U.S. has had a pathological liar in charge of the White House, a relentless and reprehensible broadcaster of falsehoods, living in some kind of deep, dark, deranged, tweet-oriented fantasy world, who has been blatantly feeding and programming millions of Americans, sucking them into his own sick delusions. Let's not forget the fact-checkers who have been tracking this from the beginning. By April of 2018, fact-checkers at the Washington Post had recorded 
over 10,000 false or misleading claims made by that orange beast, with the average number of lies increasing daily after the release of the Mueller report. At least 20% of those lies were about immigration. By this past July, the number of lies had more than doubled and included a myriad of falsehoods related to his impeachment trial, the global pandemic, the economy, his personal finances, and the Black Lives Matter protests. It has long been seen that he is pretty well incapable of telling the truth about anything. And now there are some 70 million odd, or hypnotized, or just plain ill-informed, or psychologically misdirected people out there still supporting him by voting for him just a few days ago and believing him when he falsely tells them that he won the election or that Joe's win was somehow rigged, his current claim, with zero evidence to support that notion. Again, the words of FDR. Quote, repetition does not transform a lie into a truth. To boot, we see a situation that FDR also spoke about. Quote, we must especially beware of that small group of selfish men who would clip the wings of the American eagle in order to feather their own nests. Unquote. Because, in addition to the orange beast's base, there are the enablers in the Senate and in the White House itself who can't seem to bring themselves to admit that the beast lost the election and that it's time to concede and get out. But their time is really up, and this obsidian butterfly is fierce completely dedicated to uncovering truth and bringing earth traumas out into the open so they can be examined and dealt with. This is her specialty, and even though she may be formless to modernize, her energies will be very active at this time as the process of transition from the dark, dank muck associated with the current administration, is brought into the open and forced to face the truth. Let's look at some of the key energies associated with this time frame. Last Thursday, we had one Akbal at the start of this Dracaena with its initiation energy. This can be read as the initiation of sanctuary, which may well have been the case for a great many people who are hunkering down in their homes and or personal sanctuaries, even more than usual as COVID numbers rise and as the days get darker and colder. It can also translate as the initiation of night or darkness. As is evident, as the orange menace refuses to acknowledge that Joe Biden has won the election. And that particular darkness gets deeper and deeper the longer he continues 
to deny that reality. To the point where, now over a week since it became clear that Joe Biden is indeed the president-elect, the Orange Menace is attempting to hold the country hostage, withholding funds and denying cooperation to help with the transition to a new administration, which is increasing both national security and health crisis risks just to hold on to his own delusions and feed his own ego. What we have going on here in this darkness-oriented Tresina is basically mass psychosis. Don Lemon was speaking about this the other day on CNN, the fact that this is a deeply psychological dilemma as well, tied in with belief systems and how they're formed and maintained. Akbal ties in with this as well, in that issues associated with the dream world or the deep subconscious can often be in play at this time. This is where morality and ethics and the struggles of the soul factor in. But we are seeing all this play out on a huge scale as millions are caught in this dark, dangerous drama a grim web of falsehoods woven together by a vindictive, deranged madman who has put his obsession with personal power far above the needs of people or the good of the country or the world at large. Back to something else that Roosevelt warned about over 80 years ago. He said, quote, The liberty of a democracy is not safe if the people tolerated the growth of private power to a point where it becomes stronger than the democratic state itself. That, in its essence, is fascism. Ownership of government by an individual, by a group, or any controlling private power. You might want me to repeat that one more time. Quote, The liberty of a democracy is not safe if the people tolerated the growth of private power to the point where it becomes stronger than the democratic state itself. That in its essence is fascism. Ownership of government by an individual, by a group, or any controlling private power. As of the beginning of this Tresina, it has been exactly two cycles since the release of CNN Chief White House Correspondent Jim Acosta's book titled the enemy of the people, a dangerous time to tell the truth in America, in which he pointed out that even though the menaces attack on the media began as an act meant to whip up anger and garner support for himself, it has become a fierce, frightening, relentless attack. This is part of the weaponry that has been used to cause this mass psychosis. 
And many, many books have been written over the past four years to show how multifaceted that psychosis is, including psychologist Mary Trump's scathing Too Much is Never Enough book, which details the unspeakable awfulness of the problem as seen from the perspective of someone who has had a front row seat on the machinations of that family for decades. She has referred to him as the world's most dangerous man, something that has been echoed by Nancy Pelosi. But in terms of these current energies, Akbal refers not only to darkness, but also to that zone just before the light of dawn breaks through. The dawn is coming, and Joe Biden is spearheading the movement. FDR also pointed out that, quote, the only sure bulwark of continuing liberty is government strong enough to protect the interests of the people, and a people strong enough and well enough informed to maintain its sovereign control over the government. This factored in long ago when Julius Caesar was assassinated on one Akbal in 44 BC and in many other ways since then. We're also getting close to the calendar round return of the official end of the Roman Empire as well, which is also tied in with this same energy. More about that later. In more recent history regarding this idea of people becoming informed enough and strong enough to overturn massive deceptions at the highest levels of government, we only have to look to the Watergate scandal to find some key parallels. That scandal began early on a one-ock-ball morning in June of 1972, when five burglars were caught red-handed wiretapping phones and stealing documents in the office of the Democratic National Committee in Washington, D.C. They were arrested and later found to be associated with President Richard Nixon's re-election campaign, even though Nixon vehemently tried to deny it and took aggressive steps to cover up the crimes. In August, he gave a speech in which he swore that his White House staff was not involved in the break-ins. And, hmm, voters believed him and re-elected him three months later. Nevertheless, many people were suspecting that something wasn't right. And the story of how Nixon's cover-up all unraveled through the investigative reporting of Washington Post reporters Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein is told brilliantly in the movie All the President's Men, which has been on quite a bit recently. One key to this unraveling was an anonymous whistleblower referred to as 
Deep Throat, who gave the reporters some pivotal information. Eventually, of course, proof of Nixon's abuse of presidential power and deliberate obstruction of justice was uncovered and three cycles exactly after the burglary, the public was informed about the smoking gun evidence. And three days later, on the fourth day of this Tresina for Kimi, which is actually today's energy, Nixon resigned. In addition to that, seven conspirators were indicted. But all of that pales in comparison with what has been going on during the past four years, basically over the last six Zulkan cycles. As we have all seen, there have been layers and layers of cover-ups and thousands and thousands of lies. And there have also been indictments. Many associated with the Orange Menace are already behind bars, National security has been put at risk. Hundreds of people have suffered horrible abuses. And hundreds of thousands have died in the context of the current crisis. Due to sheer incompetence and malevolence at the highest level. No doubt FDR would see the situation as one of the worst nightmares that could ever be conjured up. But it is unraveling, finally. Whether or not he will concede is still anyone's guess, but Joe Biden will be sworn in as the 46th president on January 20th. The American people are extremely fortunate to have someone with Joe Biden's experience, competence, and patience step up to the plate at this very critical time in world history. He has a daunting task ahead of him once the tyrant is removed. But if anyone can bring in the dawn, it will be Joe. It has been one cycle since he began making a huge comeback, and fortunately, his guiding principles are much the same as those of FDR who did so much to bring the country out of the Great Depression and through the Second World War. The second day of this Dracaena was too con, an energy sometimes associated with opulence and even sometimes youthful recklessness. As could be seen three cycles ago in September of 2018, when world leaders and diplomats at the UN General Assembly openly laughed at the orange buffoon when he bragged about his so-called achievements at the same time as he was urging the world to reject globalism. The Guardian referred to his comments about US foreign policy as being tinged with resentment and self-pity. That was the day when Marvin Kolb released a book called Enemy of the People, Trump's War on the Press, the New McCarthyism, and the Threat to American Democracy. Again, one of many books that have sought to provide vital information on the issues at hand. 
Precisely one cycle later, in June of 2019, the petulant loser indicated that despite the consensus that Russia had interfered with the 2016 election, he would still be open to foreign input in order to win, even though the head of the Federal Election Commission promptly provided the reminder that, quote, it is illegal for any person to solicit, accept, or receive anything of value from a foreign national in connection with a U.S. election, unquote. And then, just six weeks later, he made a call to Ukraine's new president that started the whole Ukraine scandal that soon led to his impeachment by the U.S. House of Representatives just over one cycle ago. But even though the start of this, Justina, can set the stage for rooting out deep, dark issues that may need attention, other energies within the Tresina can set other things in motion. One of these of particular importance is 3 Chikchan, which was yesterday. As noted in the blog, this is the activation of life force, an important burner day oriented around the idea of announcing the fire, a type of energy that can sometimes charge people to take action. And this starts basically a new burner cycle as well. Unfortunately, the action taken by the White House one cycle ago, which is last February, was again dangerous as they were advising people to ignore media reports about the coronavirus in an effort to calm the markets that were falling as the virus was spreading. Even though at that time there had been 82,000 reported cases of COVID-19 worldwide and 2,800 deaths, the soon-to-be super-spreader-in-chief was calling COVID-19 a democratic hoax. But the U.S. was on the cusp as just two days later, the first coronavirus case was confirmed in New York. And now, as of this mid-November day, the global number of cases is well over 54 million, with over 11 million in the U.S. alone. As of November 15th, we are at Maya Day for Kimi, which can translate as the defining of death or absolute foundations. And the U.S. has been averaging well over 100,000 new cases every day for over a week now. I think it's something like 13 days. On Friday, there was a record high of over 184,000 new cases. And it has just been reported that at least 130 Secret Service officers have been diagnosed with the virus and an estimated 
30,000 people who attended 18 of the super spreaders' rallies over the past few months have tested positive. There are really no words to describe how despicable all this is, and even worse, that it has been allowed to go on and on and on. It has also been six cycles, starting in August of 2016, just before the 2016 election, since 50 of the most senior Republican national security officials signed an open letter declaring that the orange pretender lacks the character, values, and experience to be president and would put the national security and well-being of the U.S. at risk. They warned that not only would he be the most reckless president in American history, but that he would weaken the moral authority of the country. In the letter written at that time, they also questioned his knowledge of and belief in the Constitution and emphasized that he had demonstrated repeatedly that he has little understanding of the nation's vital national interests, its complex diplomatic challenges, its indispensable alliances, and the democratic values on which American policy should be based. They emphasized that none of them would vote for him. Six, six cycles ago, whatever happened to that? Everything they warned of at that time was completely ignored but has proven to be true. The moral authority of the country has been greatly weakened. Its alliances are in a shambles, and democratic values have been so trampled on that they are hardly even recognizable at this point. Everything fell apart at a dizzying rate as those six cycles have unfolded. By the time we reached this point, we can see that it has been one cycle exactly since last February 29th, when laboratories and hospitals in the U.S. were finally allowed, allowed, to conduct their own COVID-19 tests to speed up the testing process. By that time, many were saying the denier-in-chief had failed the biggest test of his life by denying and downplaying the situation for so long. A few days later, by Eight Oak, which was the, can translate as the resurrection of guidance in the calendar, the House passed a huge spending bill to combat the spread of the virus. But that was just the start. Much more still needs to be done, of course, since the spread has become so incredibly aggressive with dire health and economic consequences. And yet, 
the White House and Republicans are still playing political games in Washington. When we get to Maya Day 9 Schwen on November 20th, we will be at one of the most consequential points within this Chisina. This is a highly influential, highly creative, time-weaving kind of energy associated with great creativity. And it also happens to be President-elect Biden's 78th Gregorian birthday. Happy birthday, Joe! This was the very same energy influence that was in place in January of 2013 when then-President Barack Obama and then-Vice President Joe Biden were sworn in for the second time. In 1775, this was the Maya calendar energy in place at the time of the first battle of the American Revolution, when the Minutemen and Redcoats clashed at Lexington and Concord, the shot heard round the world. This was also in place in 1789, when the Bastille was stormed in Paris, marking the beginning of the French Revolution. And in 1987, Nine Schwen was also in place when David Bowie played a concert in West Berlin, with East Germans singing along, which seemed to be a trigger for tearing down the Berlin Wall. Even Elvis Presley factors in here as this day marks the calendar round return, that's 52 years less 13 days, of the exact energy that was in place in 1968 when Elvis began his heralded comeback. As someone who remembers that, this seems like ancient history. Currently, this is the 73rd wedding anniversary of Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. A great deal has happened in the past under Nine Schwen's influence. But the events of three cycles ago, October 2018, were particularly eye-opening. That was the release day for something called The Fifth Risk, written by Michael Lewis. This was an expose of the frightening incompetence and mismanagement associated with the 2016 transition into the White House. The phrase willful ignorance was used several times with regard to how the blunderer-in-chief was basically manifesting this concept. Stormy Daniels' full disclosure book was also released at that time, detailing his connection with that porn star and how he tried to cover that up. But if that wasn't enough, this was the day when the New York Times published an explosive report that revealed that the orange bobblehead had been bankrolled in multiple ways by his father and that he spent much of the 1990s participating in dubious tax evasion schemes. Examples of outright fraud were given and patterns of deception were identified. 
With regard to his tax practices that included dodging hundreds of millions of dollars worth of gift taxes and manipulating deals through a fake building supply company that was used to siphon cash from uh, his father's empire. The report also spoke of how he had manipulated the media to foster the perception that he was self-made. The report also noted that most of the properties that he was passing off as his own were actually owned by his father, and that overall he had orchestrated a persona that made it seem that he was the master of the deal. The New York Times referred to this as decades of myth-making, decades of fraud, and a spectacular con. Since then, investigations have been underway by tax authorities, and there's much more to this that is still waiting to be told. But again, look at the timing. Another two years went by, and he's still not ejected from the White House. But by the time we reach 9 Xuan, this time it will be November 20th. Two months to go before Joe Biden's inauguration. And the questions everyone is asking include, will he concede the election? Will he cooperate with the transition, which Joe and his team are now proceeding with, even though the White House has been stalling? And will he leave the White House peacefully, or will there be some sort of major showdown? And before we leave Nine Schwen, that same Nine Schwen day, that energy three cycles ago, was the day when over 2,400 U.S. law professors, 2,400, urged the Senate to reject Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination because, one, he displayed contempt towards members of Congress. Two, it was felt that his political bias could call into question his future rulings. And three, it was felt that his temperament was unsuited to a lifelong position on the highest court. The hundreds of academics who signed the letters cited both federal law and the American Bar Association's Code of Judicial Conduct relating to the need to promote, quote, public confidence in the independence, integrity, and impartiality of the judiciary, unquote. At the same time, hundreds of stop Kavanaugh vigils took place across the country, including a huge rally in front of the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., as people gave impassioned speeches and demanded that senators reject his nomination. But as usual, all this was disregarded by the Republican-held Senate, and Kavanaugh ended up on the Supreme Court anyway. There is much, much more that could be said about Nine Chuen events, but it does tend to be very eventful and consequential. So this is one to watch for. When we get to 11 Ben on November 22nd, 
it will be the 57th Gregorian anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Precisely 80 Zulkan cycles and 20 days after that horrific event, which was also on a Ben day. As it happens, 11 Ben is Franklin Delano Roosevelt's Maya birth energy, which can translate as inspirational personal authority, which was certainly the way it worked in Roosevelt's life. He was so inspirational and so imbued with personal authority that he was actually elected as the U.S. president four times. In 1932, 1936, 1940, and 1944. During his first inauguration on a three-band day, that's an activation of personal authority kind of influence, in 1933, he laid out his plans to fight the Great Depression, famously stating that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. He also pledged the U.S. to the good neighbor policy, lifting its status in the eyes of the world. His work over the years was highly impressive, and when he gave his State of the Union address in early 1941 with World War II raging, he spoke about the issue of dictatorship, saying that no one should expect from a dictator international generosity or the return of true independence or world disarmament or freedom of expression or freedom of religion or even good business. That was when he warned that, quote, we must especially beware of that small group of selfish men who would clip the wings of the American eagle in order to feather their own nests. FDR would be appalled to see what has happened to his country over the past four years, outraged to see a would-be dictator holding the country hostage, despite the objections of hundreds of thousands, millions of people over the years. And now, with over 77 million still sane people having voted for someone else to be their president, to see that same deranged tyrant trying to deny it lying to the American people in the most outlandish fashion, FDR would never be able to believe it. Seeing, quote, a small group of selfish men, unquote, indeed trying to, quote, clip the wings of the American eagle in order to feather their own nests, unquote, would have been abhorrent to him. At that time, 
1941, FDR noted that, quote, in the recent national election, that was the election of 1940, there was no substantial difference between the two great parties with respect to principles of morality and considerations for their own national security. As he put it, no issue was fought out on this line before the American electorate. And with regard to the war that was raging, he said that it was abundantly evident that American citizens everywhere were demanding and supporting speedy and complete action in recognition of obvious danger. He noted that, quote, the happiness of future generations of Americans may well depend on how effective and how immediate they responded to obvious danger. All would have to make sacrifices in such a circumstance. In his words, quote, A free nation has the right to expect full cooperation from all groups. A free nation has the right to look to the leaders of business, of labor, and of agriculture to take the lead in stimulating effort not among other groups, but within their own groups. The best way of dealing with the few slackers or troublemakers in our midst is, first, to shame them by patriotic example, and, if that fails, to use the sovereignty of government to save government." He pointed out that, quote, the nation takes great satisfaction and much strength from the things which have been done to make its people conscious of their individual stake in the preservation of democratic life in America. For there is nothing mysterious about the foundations of a healthy and strong democracy. The basic things expected by our people of their political and economic systems are simple. They are equality of opportunity for youth and for others, jobs for those who can work, security for those who need it, the ending of special privilege for the few, the preservation of civil liberties for all, the enjoyment the enjoyment of the fruits of scientific progress in a wider and constantly rising standard of living. Unquote. FDR emphasized in that speech that quote, these are the simple, the basic things that must never be lost sight of in the turmoil and unbelievable complexity of our modern world. The inner and abiding strength of our economic and political systems is dependent upon the degree to which they fulfill these expectations. That was in 1941. 
and look how far they have fallen over the past four years. Roosevelt finished that speech by saying that the U.S. had placed its destiny in the hands and heads and hearts of its millions of free men and women and its faith in freedom under the guidance of God. He underscored that freedom means the supremacy of human rights everywhere. Their strength, he said, is in their unity of purpose. Now, one could surely question the accuracy of that rosy unity idea, given the historical treatment of African Americans, Native Americans, and others in that country, but one can certainly give FDR credit for being a strong guiding light, for focusing on possibilities. And that is one of Joe Biden's guiding principles, the opening up of possibilities for everyone. Let's have a quick look at the last two days of this Tresino. November 23rd is 12-ish, a gathering together type of energy oriented around earth forces, deep mysteries, and the power of transformation symbolized by the jaguar. It has been 20 days at that point since the election, and several states will be certifying their results around this time. Some will still have a week or so still to do, um, but let's just have a look. In 2010, this was the energy in place when the historic health care reform bill, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, was passed by the U.S. House of Representatives. And even now, Republicans are trying to tamper with it through the Supreme Court. The final day of this Tresino on November 24th could be a little intense, 13s tend to be high energy anyway, and with so much at stake at this time, this might be a good time to hang on to your hat. This is 13 men, a.k.a. 13 eagle, or transformational high vision, a high energy type of force that can be world-shaping, as in 2015 when the largest ever gathering of world leaders took place under this influence. But it can also hold the potential to be dangerously intense. I spoke a few minutes ago about the six cycles that have unfolded since senior Republican national security officials warned in 2016 that the orange pretender could put the national security and well-being of the U.S. at risk, that he would weaken the moral authority of the country. So you have the Akbal Jasina then, going forward six cycles, to the Akbal Jasina now. Back then, in 2016, this was the energy in place when Steve Bannon, whom some saw as the most dangerous political operative in America, was appointed as the pretender's new campaign chairman. On the same day as the tyrant was given his first intelligence briefing as the Republican nominee, this briefing included the caution that 
that the Russians would try to infiltrate his campaign. By that time, the FBI and CIA were already aware of contacts between members of the Pretenders' campaign and Russia, and were beginning to investigate further. They were already working on counterintelligence measures. I know I wasn't alone in thinking at the time that letting such an individual in on a national intelligence briefing would be the first step in sending the country to, well, you know where, and yet they did it anyway, and here we are. And then to boot, three cycles after that, on 13 men again, 13 Eagle, this time in 2018, the U.S. Senate voted to advance Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, despite an avalanche of opposition. So, 13 men, or 13 Eagle, is an energy that can bring great change. I mentioned a couple of other things in the blog, such as the massive gathering of some 250,000 people last year in central Prague to demand the resignation of the Czech Republic's prime minister in the biggest protest since the 1989 Velvet Revolution that ended communism in what was formerly Czechoslovakia. Last March, when this energy was in place, Italy extended their coronavirus measures nationwide as the entire country was put under quarantine. On that very same day, the global stock market experienced its worst day since the financial crisis of 2008. The fall so dramatic that day was dubbed Black Monday. But you can't really predict which way the energy is going to go. Nevertheless, think along the lines of intensely transformational. As usual, there is much, much more that could be pulled into this overview, but for reference, the days of this Tresina are highlighted, as always, in my My Account of Days horoscope blog at whitepoppress.ca, with this horoscope blog also accessible through mayacalendararts.com, where you can find all 18 podcasts, a variety of related posts, and information on such things as coaching services and personalized artworks. And as always, anyone who might like some assistance from me in terms of exploring how these energies may work within your own lives, there are a number of options outlined on that Maya Calendar Arts site. Feel free, if you wish, to contact me if you have any questions. Contact information is in the websites, as well as information on subscribing to the Horoscope blog. I don't want to finish off here without mentioning the wonderful festival that is in place, even now, during this first five days of this Tresina. This is Diwali, India's wonderful festival of lights. Its timing seems perfect this year, coinciding at this time with the first days of this Akbal Trisina. 
This is very, very rare, but it does provide a great reminder of the importance of looking for the light or bringing in light, even when there may be great darkness. During Diwali, the emphasis is placed on celebrating the victory of light over darkness, good over evil, and knowledge over ignorance. The Hindu goddess Lakshmi, associated with prosperity, good fortune, wisdom, light, and spiritual rejuvenation, is the focus of much attention at this time. Billions of people the world over light tea candles called diyas and decorate their homes with flowers, lanterns, and statues of deities related to good fortune, such as Lakshmi and the elephant-headed god Ganesh. It's a very light-filled, life-filled celebration, something so greatly needed at this time. So, even if you aren't all that familiar with Diwali, dive in anyway. Find some little tea lights or some candles and add your best thoughts to this effort to get through and beyond the darkness. Every bit of light, every good wish, and every good sentiment is needed as we are all in this together. I will finish up with one more quote from FDR. He said, There is a mysterious cycle in human events. To some generations, much is given. Of other generations, much is expected. This generation of Americans has a rendezvous with history. That was in 1936, and this is now, but... Franklin Delano Roosevelt was right about the mysterious cycles. Doubtful that he knew about the cycles of the Maya calendar but he was certainly tuned in. I think he would say the same about this current generation, having a rendezvous with history. Indeed, an impressive percentage of Americans have decided that six cycles of madness in the White House is enough. Time to stamp out the darkness and move on. Let's hope the rest of them find some way to stop their truth decay, as President Obama recently put it, so they can eventually come to their senses. Until next time, be well, keep safe. Love to you all.